Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. It is currently 8.21 a.m. East Coast time. It is Wednesday, December 4th, and we have a very nice 10-game NBA slate today that I'm going to break down for you here. And before we get into that, welcome to the channel and the podcast. If you are brand new here, my name is Sal Vetri, and I do indeed cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets, as well as some PGA here and there, more so next year. But we have an NBA slate, 10 games today. Appreciate it right now. If you have seen my videos, have gotten any value, or if you do get value from this video or podcast, subscribe to the podcast, five star rate and review is the most beneficial thing you can do for me to support me over there in the audio version and then a subscription on youtube subscribe totally free if you if you subscribe and you want to add tell me the best 6k play of the day the best 6k play of the day across any position we're going to do that all week i'll accumulate all the people who have left comments and podcast reviews and have done that and or comment with your best 6k play of the day with a way i can contact you via paypal or twitter and we can talk there and i'm going to pick somebody for a 25 dollars giveaway on friday's show on the nfl final thoughts so be sure to get in that if you want you have to be a subscriber that is again something that you can do for free hitting the subscribe button here or or on the audio version i have exclusive content my nba projections for this 10 game slate will be out later today probably around sometime around 2 or 3 p.m east coast time you can check that out over there on Patreon. Linked up down below tells you all you need to know about what Patreon is. And as an independent content creator, yes, just me doing this on my own right out of college, um, how you can support me over there for more exclusive content. Twitter, at DFS. Instagram, I will be releasing my game-by-game notes on Instagram today with a link on how you can find them for this NBA slate. It's about a six-page document, my notes that I take for the Awesomeo show I do on Wednesday mornings with Josh Engelman. You can check that out on Awesomeo's YouTube channel at 9.30 a.m. East Coast time today. But the notes that I reference during that show, I create them overnight and in the morning you can have those today if you would like totally free and i'll send the link out to my instagram followers only so be sure to follow me over on instagram so that's it that's all that we have here again hit the subscribe button hit that five star rate and review on the podcast when you have a chance let's get into the injury news team by team and then we'll kind of gloss over the target offense sheet i'll click on it if you want to screenshot it you can it shows pace it shows team totals vegas odds lots of things that matter defense versus position in terms of fantasy points allowed over the last 30 days um, or over the last 15 to 30 games, depending on what you want to set it at. Uh, But that you can screenshot pretty decent sized slate. So we'll just kind of hit on the early interests and the injuries that are important. Lots of injuries today for this 10 game slate, uh, more so than we've had in a while. So you have DeAndre Hunter for Atlanta. There's four injuries here. DeAndre Hunter is doubtful with a finger injury. Alan Crabb is out with a knee injury. So that's very good for DeAndre Bembry, who played 28 minutes in the last game. Those are two players who as long as they're out, he should pick up more run. The downside is Cam Reddish is still healthy, so Bemery's ceiling at a $5,000 price tag is not as great. And now Kevin Horder today might be uh, pre- pl- might play today. He's questionable with a shoulder injury. Uh, somebody who, if he does play, even at a limited playing time, will still cut in for around 20-plus minutes, which is pretty much what Alan Crabb was playing, so might just replace that and not offer too much upside for DeAndre Bemery. And then Chandler Parsons is questionable with an illness. Moving to Brooklyn, all you really have right now in Brooklyn, still no Levert, um, but really the main thing here is that Kyrie Irving is still out with his shoulder injury. will continue to help Spencer Dimity and Joe Harris and those types of players. Theo Pinson off the bench to a smaller extent. For Boston, just Marcus Smart. 
he is doubtful today with an illness. Um, this is definitely important against Miami. It's going to open up just more overall run for that uh, Boston team out there that has a very, just I would say, even with Gordon Hayward out, still stable minutes for everybody out there. Marcus Smart being out is going to relay and just some more players off the bench, some of the younger guys getting more run. Uh, nothing too impactful, but might offer some value on a slate that sort of lacks this value right now. In Chicago, Chandler Hutchinson is doubtful with a shoulder injury. Uh, again, he's minimum price. Nothing really changes all that much there. It's the same players that will be getting run at the three. Guys like uh, Thad Young, Shaq Harrison to a very small extent, probably single digits to around 10 minutes. Nothing major there. Golden State, there is some major news here. So D'Angelo Russell is questionable with a thumb injury. If he plays, well, he's priced appropriately. They haven't been kind of pricing him down due to this injury. He's still 8500 And if he does play, well, it crushes the value of guys like Kai Bowman, who's been priced up playing big minutes, even Alec Burks, who's been priced up because he's taking more shot attempts. And then it just makes Golden State very unattractive today. Also, Damian Lee, questionable with a ham injury. Really, the one of the only other three or four shooters on this team since Clay and Steph are not there so far, or really all year now. So Damian Lee at uh, 3400 if he does play don't really have interest in him but it just again hurts the likes of Kai Bowman and especially Alec Burks who seems like the only viable player today on Golden State in my opinion at least from the guards if D'Angelo Russell was to not play in Indian in Indiana uh, in Indiana, well, uh, the Pacers, Jakar Sampson, the only guy who was really any news, no major news here, maybe a couple of rotational run minutes, but not much. He's doubtful with a back injury. Memphis, some big news here, lots of injuries. So you have no John Morant. He's week to week. I have him as doubtful, but I think he's already ruled out for this game with a back injury. Jonas Valanciunas missed the last game with an illness. He is questionable today. His price is now up to 7,900 and a very good rebounding and block spot against Chicago here. Kyle Anderson is questionable with a heel. He's been missing as of late. He's 3,200. If he plays, he'll probably play somewhere around 20 minutes and offers some sort of value on this type of a slate and then Brandon Clark is doubtful with a bl- oblique injury I believe they're already ruling him out um, on the la- latest report it's doubtful I saw DraftKings had him as out but I still think he's officially doubtful but very much so not going to play so you have a very similar situation as last time depending on Joe Val's status where Solomon Hill can see more run where you can have um, Bruno Caboclo who was terrible for everybody playing only like 14 minutes scoring five fantasy points early foul trouble he can potentially still see more uh, avenues to minutes Dylan Brooks is a guy who benefits a ton so far this year averaging 1.09 fantasy points per minute according to NBA Wowie when you have John Morant off the court and also Brandon Clark, which mainly it's John Morant, the reason being off the court. Grayson Allen's been playing around 27, 30 minutes a game over the last two without John Morant. Not a great fantasy point per minute producer, but for a guy who's 3,500 and going to see somewhere probably close to 30 minutes of play here, it's a decent type of play on a slate that, again, not a ton of all just kick-ass value right now at this point in the day. If Joe Val does play at 7,900, very, very interesting and a really good matchup for a guy who has been sort of unleashed into the 32-minute, 33-minute point range the last two games that he was healthy and active. For Miami, Goran Dragic is going to miss at least a couple more games with a groin injury. We saw a nice run yesterday, even before the overtime game for Kendrick Nunn playing close to 34 minutes we saw justice linzo in regulation playing around 30 Um, those are the guys who would be impacted the most and probably also a little bit more jimmy butler point guard minutes tyler hero only 17 minutes yesterday overall very interesting even no foul trouble 17 minutes overall didn't play anything in overtime so interesting to see that he didn't get as much run with no drogics probably just because justice winslow is back and getting more overall rotational run and really just starters minutes sterling brown from milwaukee the only major news here besides brooke lopez being probable today so it makes robin lopez at that price point just unplayable questionable sterling brown just affects the backup minutes now with chris middleton back it would affect dante uh, divincenzo off the bench george hill off the bench Kyle Korver to a lesser extent, Wesley Matthews. Like with Chris Middleton back, none of this stuff matters anymore. The the dirt value, the bad value at these guards and small forwards for Milwaukee does not matter anymore. Middleton back, he's probably still going to be limited to an extent, but it just makes these guys less appealing. So Sterling Brown news is not as impactful as it would have been, say, two weeks ago. Jake Lehman, the only injury news in Minnesota here. 
he's going to be out. Well, I guess we also have some other news with Shabazz Napier, but it seems like he's probably played nine minutes in the last game. Uh, Jake Lehman out today would probably help guys like um, Diapo. Uh, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Bates Diapo. Uh, he is probably going to get more rotational run and then maybe a little bit of an increase or at least stability to Robert Covington's minutes hovering around 28 to 30 with no Jake Lehman. But for the most part, no major news there. For Phoenix, though, there's some news here and a good amount of it. I have a guy on here twice who probably shouldn't be on here twice, but uh, maybe... It does not make him any more questionable that he's on here twice, but Ricky Rubio, 6,700 questionable with a hand injury. This is very interesting because, look, if he was to sit today, um, you had in the last game, Phoenix doesn't really have too much, I would say, to really go to after Ricky Rubio, like, or I guess the better word to say is like Booker would see the biggest bump up after that you have guys coming off the bench Devon Carter is shooting out of his mind right now but it's not many guys that I I really care too much about or trust all that much the Tyler Johnsons of the world right so uh, if Ricky Rubio is out it just makes Devin Booker more appealing at his $8,000 price tag you could take stabs on the value that might fill in for him but I don't know how much it actually matters to get to those guys again a, a 10 game slate with a lack of value right now so maybe they become a little bit more appealing but the minutes on them even with Rubio being out just doesn't seem like something that I want to be chasing all that much so yeah Devin Booker would see the biggest bump there Ubre would probably see a nice overall usage bump at 6500 which is still a fair price point Aaron Baines of Phoenix he is out today and you have um, you have Check Diallo actually probable for this game. So in the last game, you didn't have Check Diallo probable. So you had Dario Sarge seeing a lot of run, like close to half of his minutes, around 14, 15 of his minutes at the five behind Frank Kaminsky. Well, now with Diablo, Diallo back today, Frank Kaminsky, one, he might not even start. I imagine he still does. We'll see what they go with here. But Diallo at 3,800 might be one of the better at overall value plays in the slate. If he starts, he'd probably be the best value play in the slate against Orlando that still is lacking Vooch or Aminu for depth at their bigs. So it could potentially be a good spot for Diallo. He's back, but it's going to be sneakily, maybe a little bit unnoticed as the day goes on. I'm sure more people will notice it, but you're going to get all of Dario Sarge minutes back at the four here, which makes kind of McCall Bridges having to resort back to being a backup for Kelly Oubre's minutes at the three and just some of the minutes at the four for McCall Bridges. So instead of him playing 30 minutes and having a nice game last time out, he probably gets back to his normal 15, 16 minutes of rotational run, which makes him kind of useless. So pretty much what you're getting is Dario Sarge back at the four from all of his minutes. Kelly Oubre still playing decent to big minutes uh, at the three, uh, around 35, maybe a little bit more. And then now you have a a center position that's going to be split up with Frank Kaminsky and Cech Diallo. And Frank Kaminsky probably sees a little bit more forerun as well. He might play in the same time as Diallo when Sarge is off. So Kaminsky's minutes still might stabilize with no... um, Aaron Baines out there in the upper 20s, uh, even if he doesn't start. Well, if he doesn't start, it'd probably be in the mid to lower 20s, but uh, he still might see more run at the four. The big news here, though, is that Cech Diallo is going to be probable and potentially could see a lot of run in only 3,800. So I think that's one of the biggest injury pieces and something to monitor throughout the day. For Sacramento, Bogdan Bogdanovich is only, or he is right now, 5,700, but he's questionable with a hamstring. We saw him not get a lot of run in the last game, uh, so which was a little bit interesting, but I guess it makes sense now that we see this news of his hamstring injury. He only played 22 minutes. Look, that's some pretty big news if he's out because this is a rotation that was just running huge minutes for their starters, and now you see potentially even more big minutes for the starters. Um, you would get minutes for maybe a bump for Corey Joseph here, an even bigger bump in minutes for a guy like Buddy Heald who's already playing maybe close to 40 minutes now if this news was to lean that Bogdan is out but 5700 if he's in it's a nice price to at least take a stab on a guy although the minutes have been all over the place um, as of late and really since Corey Joseph returned Mike Conley is out with a hamstring injury for Utah very interesting spot here so Conley in the last game when he checked out not because of injury just checking out in the rotation uh, normal rotation um, minutes and just movement in the first quarter he had Dante Exum check in Exum only ends up playing seven minutes Emmanuel Mude only ends up playing five minutes 
I don't know what they're going to do here. So maybe if you see Dante Exum start, it's good, right? Maybe you want to play him, but who knows what they do with the minutes overall. It could very easily be that Donovan Mitchell just picks up a ton of point guard minutes for Conley and Joe Ingles off the bench picks up a ton more run and more point guard minutes. We saw them do that last year a couple times and it worked very well. Uh, no longer there, Derek Favors, but some pick and roll with Derek Favors and Ingles was working well with Ingles controlling the point. We might see that. So I think it makes Joe Ingles interesting today and whoever starts at point guard really interesting. And, and that obviously makes uh, a guy like Donovan Mitchell and a tougher matchup, no doubt about it. But with Rajon Rondo back, it makes it a little bit easier of a matchup against the Lakers. Um, you get Donovan Mitchell at a re- reduced price point with no Conley. It's really hard not to like that. So target offense sheet, I'll just look at it right here. If you want to take a screenshot, you can. If you're new here, I usually go through this throughout the day. But bigger slate today maybe running a little bit behind since I do the awesome show around 8:30. So I'm just going to kind of take a screenshot. You could source through it yourself. If you have any questions, reach out over on Twitter. And now let's get to these early interests in right now. They're in the order of salary. So at the top of it, Luka Doncic and Carl Anthony Towns, two of the guys that I like paying up for. Giannis is on this slate, surely. There's a LeBron James at 10,000 on the slate, surely. But the guys in that 5K plus or five digit plus range, Luca at 11.6 if you want to pay for him. Right now, the value seems like there's some value for sure. We'll talk about Diallo. We'll talk about Joe Ingles. We already kind of did. But just looking for secure value outside of those guys, not much. So it might be tough to get to him as of right now. But again, a 10 game slate, track the injury news. Carl Anthony Towns at 10,600, facing a team. Uh, right now that's going to allow him to just do whatever he wants this is a guy who is averaging upper percentile in blocks averaging upper percentile in assists for a center for obviously rebounding for three pointers he is the number one three-point shooter on the minnesota um i was gonna say twins and then vikings the third option here the timberwolves uh no i'm not lying he's shooting 42 percent by far the best three-point shooters somehow somehow this maybe unsustainable shooting from carl anthony towns probably unsustainable shooting but i mean we're, we're a decent length into the season now um, but he it is somehow holding up and keeping their outside game alive. There's nobody else shooting anywhere close to what you have from Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Diapo is shooting well, but on very, very limited shots. Like he's shooting like 50%, but he's had like no three-pointer so far this year. So it's a small sample size there. So yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, again, at 10-6, he's absolutely fine to get to here. Uh, no Dwight Powell or Maxi Kleber or Dorian Finney-Smith is scaring me away from that. Anthony Davis at 9,400 surely will have his hands full at the center position today with the reigning defensive player of the year and Rudy Gobert. You don't like that, but power forward center eligible, a guy who's just going to play 35 minutes, see a 30% usage rate. The the drop off from $10,000 LeBron, $9,400 Anthony Davis, and then the next most expensive guy, I'm pretty sure is Javel McGee at like $4,100 today for the Lakers. That just tells you all you need to know about this team. Your interest should pretty much reside in paying up for the Lakers. Um, top guys in Davis or LeBron. I prefer Davis slightly today, although he's not a major priority and then really not touching the value. Rajon Rondo had a nice game out last time, played 25 minutes. That can easily go back to 22 minutes and not having a nice game in a more difficult matchup. So uh, not really interested in any of the Lakers, I would say uh, bottom of the barrel type of plays. Uh, Spencer Dimity, 8,200, still no Kyrie, still no Levert, and he just draws the, the greatest matchup he possibly can against Atlanta in terms of an Atlanta a Hawks team with Trey Young as the point guard, right? It's as good as it gets. Trey Young's still one of the worst defenders in the entire league. I think he actually ranks bottom two in most um, meaningful and efficiency statistics on defense. Dinwiddie, he's averaging a 33% assist rate with no Levert or Kyrie on the floor this year. He's averaging close to 1.3, uh, 1.33 to be exact fantasy points per minute. And he's going to play at 32 to 34 to 35 minutes. So yeah, Dinwiddie at 8,200, even though the price is coming up. Still a really nice play. Damian Lillard down to 8,100. I think it's too cheap. I don't think Melo being there is really impacting him. You look at the shot volume since Melo got there. Lillard's still shooting like 18, 16 times a game, which is normal before Melo was getting there. So yes, Melo has been productive, but it's not just directly cutting into Lillard. Um, Maybe those bigger games that Melo has do a little bit because Melo will shoot them 20 times. 
but I don't think it's mattering too much and definitely not enough to get me off of an $8,100 Damian Lillard where they potentially don't have Bogdan today. They definitely don't have De'Aaron Fox. Um, who is going to guard him? Corey Joe is probably an upgrade and definitely is an upgrade, I would say, to De'Aaron Fox on defense, um, but I'm not too scared about that for Damian Lillard at 8100 I do like him. Damian Lillard and Dimwini is going to be a difficult decision. I think I'd lean Dimwini right now but they're both in play. Jonas Valanciunas, track his injury status, his illness, really not an injury, uh, but against Chicago today, it doesn't get any better for blocks upside. It doesn't get any, for a guy who is very good at blocks, especially very good at acquiring blocks, I should say, especially when you factor in that now he's going to play 32 plus minutes when he's healthy, as long as he is fully healthy over this illness. So 7,900 and a really good blocks, very good rebounding spot for Joe Val, who also is a big that picks up assists. So 7,900, yeah, he's priced up there, but if you tell me that he's going to play 32 to 34 minutes today, I find it hard pressed that he doesn't score 40 plus fantasy points at 7,900. Obviously, that is all you need. And then the upside for this guy is 60 plus. Brogdon at 7,700. I actually like Brogdon and his teammate, another guard on this team, Jeremy Lamb. Brogdon 7,700. They're probably my two favorite plays from this game. You have Sabonis now priced up. You have Turner at 6K and just in a somewhat unappealing spot. He's very mad at that price point. He can get you there or he mainly like a cash play that probably gets you 25 to 30 more times than not. Um, doesn't flash much upside unless he's picking up two or three blocks in the game. So, yeah, Brogdon, he's facing a team that, look, you have um, the Pacers in transition are one of the top two teams in the league, or the number one team, I believe, in transition points per play. And you have this OKC team allowing top five transition points per play in the league. So it's just a spot where the point guards and the guards are going to benefit the most from that. It's also a spot where the Pacers are... Um, I have it written in these game-by-game notes. The Pacers are one of the top teams in just three-point efficiency and three-point attempts, whereas the um, the Oklahoma City Thunder are giving up some of the most three-pointers overall in the league. So what does that help? You have transition and you have a lot of open looks. That's going to help the guards the most. I mean, it suits up perfect for a guy like Jeremy Lamb, but you have Malcolm Brogdon, who's shooting fantastic from three this season, him and Lamb leading that team in three-point shooting. You could also make an argument for TJ Warren that it helps him a little bit, but I prioritize Malcolm Brown and Jeremy Lamb on this team. Buddy Heald at 7,400, even better of a play if you get no Bogdan off the bench to take away a couple of shots in really minutes, if anything. I think that $7,400 is a completely fair price point for a guy who's averaging around a fantasy point per minute this season with no De'Aaron Fox on the court and also with no um, Bogdan on the court either. It goes up a little bit. Bam Adebayo at 7,200. One of the, my more preferred plays, my favorite play in the Heat. It's really hard not to like him. Who's going to guard him? Menace Cantor, Daniel Tice? No. Bam Adebayo, yes, he struggled in a couple of games as of late. Well, he faced Toronto, very good and difficult defensive team that got Ibaka back. And he also faced Philadelphia, the probably worst matchup for any center. So outside of that, any other matchup that he's been in, he's been good. He's averaging like a 20% assist rate for a big. That's fantastic. 20% usage, obviously getting in there with rebounds, box steals. Bam does it all at 7,200. He's probably one of my priority plays on the slate. Donovan Mitchell, we talked about him. No Mike Conley, and the price drops like $700. Donovan Mitchell has his price point like holds steady at $77 to $7,900 all year. And now it drops probably because of the matchup. But again, if Rondo's going to see more run, I'm fine getting to more Mitchell. So $7,100, no Mike Conley, probably sees more point guard usage. I do like that. Blake Griffin at $6,600. do not look at the last two games. They were both blowouts. You saw his minutes getting limited. He's been on pace to play about 33 minutes in these games, which is very good for a guy who's $6,600. And so far this season, seeing a 30% usage rate. So yeah, Griffin at 66 is completely fine even in a more difficult matchup against Milwaukee. Terry Rozier, I prefer over Graham today. Uh, he's just much cheaper, 6,500. Definitely a secondary option. Fournier at the same price, a secondary option, but I like that Fournier is a shooting guard slash small forward, so you can do a lot more with him in terms of getting him into your lineup. And again, he's just been great. Like This is a guy who is relying on scoring, sure, right? He's scoring like 30 points a game, but somebody has to do it, right? Somebody has to do it. His usage has just skyrocketed since no Nikola Vucevic. So yeah, it's a spot that Fournier I do like more than Terry Rozier at the same price point. Jabari Parker is probably the guy who benefits the most. Like you have these Damian Jones, these Alex Lenz, 
Bruno Fernandes, the center on Atlanta, that would benefit from the really good matchup against Brooklyn. But who do you trust the most? Damian Jones to get you probably more times than not, 20 to 22 minutes. I know he played 26 minutes last time out, but it's a very rarity, probably like 60, 65% of the time that uh, you're going to get Damian Jones in foul trouble and probably more so than not against teams that the centers just don't leave the paint, right? You have centers in the paint and DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen in this game it's more likely that they're going to do more post-up work, which leads to more fouls, as opposed to guys who can take you out to the three-point line and you just have to play soft defense on them there as a center. Um, So yeah, I think that it's a spot where Damian Jones can stay on the court more just because of these guys staying in the paint in theory. But once they actually back him down, the foul trouble is going to come. I think that Jabari Parker's 34 to 35 minutes of play have been down a little bit, but still a nice spot. Again, he's a power forward in a really good rebounding matchup that you could roster at small forward today. Talks about Jeremy Lamb. I like him at 63. Aaron Gordon at 59. Markel Fultz at 57. These are the other Orlando players that I like. I think a lot of them are in play. You could also talk me into a little bit of John Isaac. I'd rather not pay all the way up for him where I see similar value out of some of these other guys. Fultz has now played 28 plus minutes in six straight. We had um, M. We had uh, Mark, uh, Michael Carter-Williams come back in the last game, play 13 minutes, but all he did was play the backup minutes at the shooting guard and point guard position. Fultz still played 31 minutes. He's played 31 minutes in three straight, or 30-plus minutes in three straight and three out of four. Again, 28 minutes in six straight games. 5,700, he's been fantastic, and now he draws a beneficial matchup against Phoenix, especially if there is no Ricky Rubio. I do like Fultz. According to cleaning the glass where they take out garbage time and some other stats that don't really matter during the games, he's seeing around a 24% usage rate, uh, which is the second best on the team if you take off if you take Vooch off the floor, only behind Evan Fournier. Fultz has been very good, very good for a shooting guard, uh, eligible point guard. Dylan Brooks at 5,700. Again, he's averaging 1.09 fantasy points per minute with no John Morant this season and playing around 30 to 32 minutes a game. It grades out as nice value. Between Dylan Brooks and Fultz, I would probably prefer Fultz just because the point guard is going to give you more reliant production. Like you can rely on that a little bit more than a guy who is going to rely on his shooting like Dylan Brooks. Robert Covington at 5,200. Very difficult matchup where he'll square off most of the time against a guy like Porzingis. I don't love that, but there is no Jake Lehman. Maybe get a couple more minutes out of Covington. And the price point's just down to a spot where I'm willing to take shots on it. If Covington plays 30 minutes today at 5,200, I think that's a decent spot. Joe Ingles I have in yellow, 4,900. He just offers value today. With no Mike Conley, I think he sees more run. I think he has to. And then also, I think he has to see more point guard run, or at least in theory, he should. So I think 4,900 is fine for him. Check Diallo grades out as one of the better values in the slate right now for me against an Orlando team that still does not have Vooch out there. Look, Diallo... He don't play all the backup center minutes if he doesn't start. So if anything, you probably see Diallo getting around 18 minutes in this game or so with no Aaron Baines, and that's okay at 3,800. You don't love it. Like, you're probably not going to win a tournament unless he just goes nuclear for, like, 30 points in that time. But what happens if he starts? What happens if Kaminsky sees more run at the four than we were expecting? And you have now Diallo playing 22 to 24 minutes, or he starts and plays 25, right? So... Diallo at 3,800, depending on that news later in the day, uh, seeing if he starts or not. Either way, I think I like him unless we get better news. Grayson Allen, I have in yellow because I'm not sold on him, but at 3,500, again, he's a value piece that point guard, shooting guard eligible. You're probably going to get around 28 minutes out of him today. I don't love it against Chicago. It's going to be a difficult matchup if he sees a lot of Chris Dunn, of course, but it's at least some sort of value. And then Dante Exum, I actually have in red, which usually means like halt, like don't put this guy in your lineup yet, because I'm very skeptical. Exum did check in for Conley, so I think he would start, if anything, at point. But again, they could just go Donovan Mitchell. They could throw Joe Ingles into the starting lineup. And then you get Dante Exum playing middling minutes around 12. You get Moutier off the bench playing like 12. So it doesn't really matter at that point. So keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on the news. I think Exum, if he does start, is a sketchy play, but he should see somewhere in the 20s. Um, At 3,200, he would offer a lot of value if he got you 25-plus minutes of play today against the Lakers. But I'm just not sure 
he actually sees that run. So that's it for right now. This is our uh, 10 game slate breakdown. I'll go back to the injury news here. You can check it out. Again, feel free to subscribe and drop down below in the comments your 6K play of the day. Leave your PayPal or a Twitter handle or something that I can contact you at on Friday's NFL Final Thought Show. I'll pick a winner. If you've already entered in this contest, you can continue to enter in the comments. And then I urge you, um, also, the people on the podcast, the audio version, if you leave a review, that's going to be worth more in the way that I weight it, this like wheel spinning thing to pick a winner. And only like three people do that a week. So you have a much better chance if you do that. I'm going to weight that like an extra 25%. So you get like an extra couple of spins of this wheel for a chance to win the $25 PayPal. So hit that link down below helps the channel grow for sure you can check out uh the comment well, not the link just comment down below hit the link to uh my social medias instagram where i'll release my game by game notes later today then you can also check out twitter at salvage dfs and finally patreon if you're interested in my nba projections player pools and then also over on NFL doing a ton of stuff, exclusive podcasts, lots of content over there as well. About 25 hours to 30 a week I spend on NFL Patreon content. So you can check that out linked up down below. Once again, thank you all for tuning into this episode. I hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday and best of luck on this 10 game slate. I will also lastly be on the Osmo YouTube channel at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. This video is probably not going to be up in time, but you can check out that podcast, the replay of it on YouTube YouTube or the Osmo podcast. So check it out. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much, and I will see you in the next one.